Here comes the card. <laughs> W.O.R.'s card in residence. So I heard the other day, I heard one of the top salesmen say, Oh, Shepard, why, he's... He's certain he's just a card, old chef. <laughs> oh, we're all set here tonight. <laughs> Tonight's special program is entitled A Salute to Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, wherever you might be. <laughs> oh, yeah, gee, the other day I got a letter from somebody in the postmark said, uh, Keep your eyes open for obscene mail. And I haven't shut my eyes since. Just waiting, you know. <laughs> Just waiting. And then, uh, then a couple of uh, minutes later, I got another letter uh, from uh, a Canadian type. And believe it or not, uh, this one says uh, this is a Toronto mail cancellation stamp. It says, uh, "Why wait for spring? Do it now." <laughs> There's swingers up there. Oh, there's swingers up there in Canada. Oh, certainly there's no question about it. As we float quietly through this long, ethereal night that we're living in, be it ever so humble, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. Be it ever so scrunchy, so rotten, so crummy, so crummy, there's no place like After all, it's Friday night, and everybody's restless, and the itch, the urge is on us. There's no question about it. The curse is on us. That curse of the endless itch that can never be assuaged, can never be totally satisfied. It's there, it's there, and it will forever curse each one of us in its own turn and in its own right. <laughs> oh, I got my troubles, trouble in mind. I'm blue. But I won't, I won't always be blue, always. Cause the sun's, the sun, that old rotten sun's gonna shine in my back door someday, baby. And you are gonna weep and yell and holler, cause that back door is gonna be open, the sun is gonna shine down on me. Trouble in mind, oh, I'm blue, but I won't always be blue, always. Cause the sun, that big old fat sun, is gonna shine in my back door. Back door someday. Ba ba bo ba. Ba ba da ba. Trouble in mind. Oh, I'm blue, but I won't always be Always. Cause the sun, that old sun, I'm gonna drink muddy water. I'm gonna sit there with my feet hanging out that whole crummy stinking river. 
drink muddy water, baby, till you was nice to me, till you start making sense, baby. My bow, I'm troubled in mind, I'm blue, but I won't always be blue, always, because the sun, baby, is going to shine in my back door some, someday. You see, that's enough to cause you a little concern there, isn't it? You laugh? Ah, you're laughing too quick. So the Canadian government is telling their friends to do it now. Don't wait for spring, man. And I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. This Canadian, this Canadian listener sent this uh, postmark to me, and he said, what do they mean? He says, what are they recommending I do? He says, if they knew what I was planning to do, they'd send the gendarme over. He had a, you know, a little thing he had going there with the city hall. He had a few ideas. You know, uh, a couple of nights ago, it, it is Friday night. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, I can remember. It's very difficult as a, you know, you get you get older. A couple of nights ago, there were a couple of kids came around here. And they could not really understand that the grown-up types, the uh, mature adult type people, really can't, in most cases, really and genuinely remember uh, they really can't remember. Uh, it's very hard for an old turtle to remember being an egg. <laughs> it really is. And, and, uh, and of course, they re resent highly any turtles that do remember being eggs. It causes them a little of the problems, you know. But uh, I remember very cleanly and distinctly the, the excitement that Friday night meant. It's a fantastic, it, it always will. Uh, even to guys who are not in school, who are still not 15, uh, Friday night is a special, peculiar kind of a dangerous night. And what it meant to me, I have to, I have to admit one terrible thing uh, at, at one point in my life, what it really meant to me was Friday night was the one night that I could keep my ham station going until dawn. I did not have to get up early in the next morning. Even my paper route did not work uh, early morning Saturday. The paper was not delivered on Saturday morning. I made my collections Saturday afternoon, but I could stay up all night. And I would come, I'd come home from a date, you know, the whole scene. I'd have the, I'd have the whole bit going. And about, about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, I'm with this girl. We're having a malt, you know. We're sitting in the drive-in watching Charlie Chan or some other big uh, opus of the period. Now, I'm, uh, I can hardly wait, you know, I keep hearing it in my mind. I keep hearing the CQs on 40. I said, oh, boy, there must be, gee, right now, about now, the West Coast must be coming in. Right about now, the, the W6s are starting to pound into the 9th District. And here I am sitting with uh, Esther Jane, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, Esther Jacobs saying, gee, what, a, a penny for your thoughts. And I'd say, yeah, well, a penny for my thoughts. What was, what'd you say, what, what? She'd say, a penny for your thoughts. And I'd think for a minute, and I'd say, shall I tell her about that pie section network I was thinking of in my mind? This pie section network, I got a terrific idea to change the standing wave ratio on my 600-ohm feed, on my 40-meter my forty meter zap. Shall I tell her about that? And then it would come out, you know, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'd say, you know, Esther, what I was thinking of, that, uh, that there is in the handbook, in the ARRL handbook, there's a terrific section on pie section networks. And I wonder if you'd like to go home with me and the two of us will build a pie section network that will reduce the standing wave ratio on the 600-ohm feeds to my 40-meter. And by that time, I'd see her drifting away. 
and she'd be looking out of the front window of the car now, and she's watching Charlie Chan again. I said, what's the matter? What's the matter? Just think of the fun we could have together. You, you could hold the solder, and I could take the soldering iron. And I'd say, give me the solder. Quick, 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 quick. Come on. Now put a plier down there. Hold it on that, on that terminal there. Psh, oh, boy, would we have fun. And there'd be this long, pregnant silence. And I recognized that, once again, I had mighty Casey had struck out. And, and I could not, I, I knew then there were certain things that you just didn't talk to chicks about. Pi section networks, you do not discuss mercury switching systems with chicks. You do not discuss a Class C final with a chick. And <laughs> you don't, you don't even discuss the, the ineffable mysteries of the universe of that kind with a girl. And I remember one period I was, I was plunged into a profound funk, a real funk. And oddly enough, just the other night, I'm looking in the newspaper, I'm sitting there, and I'm down at the Horn and Hard Arts, you know, and I got my egg cup in front of me and a big cup of Horn and Hard Arts coffee, and I'm just casually going through the paper. And it was a paper that I found there. It was, it was on, somebody's, on somebody's table. I'm just going through it. And suddenly, Skip, a name hit me. A name just stuck right out of the headlines there. Now, you, we're used to big, you know, regular names like President Johnson, Dean Rusk, and Charles de Gaulle, Mickey Mantle and stuff. It was a name? I says, no, it can't be. It can't be. And it was an obituary. And sure enough, there it was, the name of a man who probably nobody in the entire Horn and Hard Art, probably, I would say, anybody on 6th Avenue at that moment, sitting in coffee shops, sitting in H&H's, and sitting in Bickford's, wherever they might be, if I ran from one of those tables to the other and says, look, look, look who died. Look at the name. Do you remember the name? The name would mean nothing to them. To how many of you does the name Heising mean anything? Did you ever hear of Heising modulation? Heising modulation. You know, there aren't many men in, in any field who give their name to an entire system or an entire uh, formula or a new discovery. You know, like the Salk vaccine. We all know the Salk vaccine. Uh, Dr. Salk's name will be familiar and will be famous for, for generations, the name Salk vaccine. We know about Freud, you know, the, the Freud dream analysis ideas and, and Dr. Freud's hypotheses and so on. We know about Einstein's theory of relativity. Well, Heising lived over here in Jersey. He died just a, just a couple of days ago. And I caught the name, and it was connected with one of the peculiar, long, blue funk moments I've ever had in my life. The Heising system of modulation is a system of AM amplitude modulation. Now, you're listening to me in most likelihood, if you're listening to 710 on your dial, I know you are, you're listening to amplitude modulation. That's AM radio. Uh, the other kind of radio is connected with another man. That's the FM radio. What's the name of the man, uh, really, who was generally credited at being uh, being the genuine developer of FM radio? Come on, who is it? Uh, what kind of an engineer are you, for crying out? You know who it is. Why, he was, uh, there. isn't that sad? The great men of our time, hardly any, Major Armstrong. Oh, for heaven's sakes. He also was uh, involved in the in the superheterodyne theories. That's another thing. There was a great man, but the name Heising it, it became so mystical, so involved in my life, like a coal pits oscillator. 
for example. I wonder, I wonder if old man Cole Pitts, who invented a certain type of oscillator, knew that for, for years and years and years there would be a little diagram in uh, question and answer manuals, in ARRL handbooks that would say, Cole Pitts oscillator. Now, now, I, I'm not talking to you about radio here, so don't get bored here. I'm talking to you about something else. Can you imagine your name, let's say Witherspoon or uh, Aschenschlager? Let's say if, if, if there were textbooks to be printed for a hundred years from that, and it would say Aschenschlager's Law of Rottenness. And forever and ever, people would know the name Aschenschlager, and it's, it's not even a, a man anymore. It's, it's just a name. It's a name. Heising was not a man to me. And I was astounded to find a Mr. Heising died. And I read the obit, and it was the one. It really was the Heising who had created this system of modulation. Well, let me tell you, uh, speaking, speaking of bad modulation, this is WOR-AM and FM New York. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go into a technical description of what the Heising system of modulation is. I could go into that. That's for next semester. Uh, we won't do that tonight, but I will, I will tell you this, that I am now on CWC. I'm a kid. I'm about 14 years old. I'm a ham. And my whole life is, is connected with this stuff. And, and, of course, I was also involved in other things, like I'm playing football and I'm playing second base and, and I'm going out with Esther Jane Alberry and I'm going out with Don Strickland and I've got all the chicks going. You know, the whole scene is a gigantic fruitcake of existence. And connected with all of it, of course, and somehow weaving through it in, in this tapestry was this thing of back home in the front bedroom, my shack. And this was my special place, my shack. You know, the day bed is over here and the, the windows are over here. And the shack was a, was a bedroom we did not use. It was my shack. And I had this old table that I had bought from the Salvation Army for a dollar. And I'd cleaned it and I'd put formica on the top of it and polished it. I had a little vice on the side of it, you know. And I had, I had the desk drawers all cleaned out. And I had compartments in there where I had resistors and condensers. And I had all the whole scene. I had a clipboard off to the left where I kept my log sheets and, and my plate readings and my grid drive readings and all that. And I had a rack. I had a four-and-a-half-foot rack that I bought. I bought it in an old used radio store, a place where you buy old radio junk, you know. And I bought this rack. It was a big four-and-a-half-foot rack, and it had big 19-and-a-half-inch 19 panels across of it. And in it, this big four-and-a-half-foot rack, which is a great big piece of iron, I had a 10-watt transmitter. <laughs> that was the joy, the light of my life. It was CW, and every night uh, when all the other kids, you know, were sort of just hanging around the living room and walking around picking their teeth and crying and whining and looking out of the window and and the yelling down the hot air register, you know, the stuff that kids do, I would be in the front bedroom in my shack with my key. The time that Uncle Tom gave me that key, I will for forever remember. He gave me an old railroad, beautiful railroad key with a sidewinder, you know, a real key, see. And I would be down there at uh, maybe 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I'm on there with my cans, my Brandy's earphones hanging on my head, and I'm on 40 meters. My 6L6 is laying it down on 40, and I'm right there in the middle of the band. 7182 was my Bliley X-Cut crystal, and I am number one on 7182. And my, my rig had such poor voltage regulation, Skip, that the entire house, when I would press the key down, the lights would go, and about every 10 minutes, my old man was, would come back. Well, you cut out that. I can't even read now already. I'd say, okay, Dad, all right. 
I'd sit there and then I'd go, wait for a couple of minutes. I'd wait till, you know, you always wait till the ripples sort of die down. And the, the talk builds up again out there. And then I go, a few little V's, you know. I am laying it out on 40. So this is my whole life. I walk around the streets with, with Esther Jane or with Helen Weathers or with uh, Dorothy or one of the chicks I was going with, and I would hear a horn. A car would go past, you see. And uh, I'd hear that old horn blow. You always hear this. If you're, if you're a real CW man, you hear it, and you can never get rid of it. You hear it all the time. I stand next to subway trains right now on 59th Street, and they come along, you know, and I hear the doors rattling and everything, and I hear them. They say things. In he goes past roaring out of CQ, you know. It's the double A train. I can hear a CQ just as plain, just as plain and easy. You know? I'm walking down the street with Helen Weathers or with Dorothy Anderson, and I hear the horns. You know, the horn goes. Some guy sends a K. I turn around and go. That's a dull silence. Then, then I'd hear obscenities. I'd, I'd walk along and somebody'd send send an obvious obscenity. He doesn't know he's doing it, you know. He just say, "But I dig Dorothy." I said, "You hear what he said?" She, she said, "What?" And of course, the word got out that I was kind of a nut. You know, kids who do things that all other kids don't do are always always kind of looked upon as the nut, the crowd. Well, about that time, it was maybe about a year after I got on CW. And uh, I was going up for my Class A examination. Now, this is a special exam that you take that involves amplitude modulation. It's about telephone, radio telephone, this whole business that we're involved in right now. Right now you and I, you're, you're listening to me on a, on a radio set. I'm talking to you on an amplitude modulation transmitter and so forth. Well, that was that whole theory, diagrams and the whole business. And there was one special section called the theory, the adjustment and the maintenance of the Heising modulation system. And I got involved in that. Somehow I, I began to dig this system. I liked to, it had a nice, had a nice symmetry about its diagrams. It was a nice, somehow I dug the theory of the Heising system. <laughs> Don't ask me why, I can tell you now. One thing, it's cheaper than most other systems. And, and, and I began to dig this Heising modulation system. And then I began to go down to, uh, to the old surplus radio stores, and I began to look for chokes, filter chokes and stuff that I could build, I could use to make this Heising system. And it became almost the next big goal. You know, as we all live in our lives, uh, whatever little life we have, we have goals achieved and goals about to be achieved, and we have goals we're aiming at all the time. So a guy may live uh, during a certain period in his life, and his, his idea is get a boat, get a boat. And he walks around the street and he thinks about boat, 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 boat. Or, or he, he, he may have this thing, uh, uh, get a promotion, uh, get to be the uh, chief clerk, get, uh, get to be the chief clerk. And he thinks about this all the time, get to be the chief clerk. Other guys have a thing, yeah, I'm going to make money on the AT&T. I'm going to make dough, you see. The, the reason we, we dig horse racing uh, and, and, and the stock market and that kind of thing is because you can see goals achieved. And also goals failed. That's part of it. 
And so our, each life, each day, is a whole series of little goals. Uh, gee, if I can only get away to get a, get a cup of coffee. Holy smokes, if I can only get away to get a cup of coffee. Oh, wow, wow. And you go for about a half an hour, so you're working away there, and then all of a sudden you say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and get a cup of coffee. And boom, the next thing you know, you're sitting down there at that good old chock full of nuts, and a coffee's out there, and a goal has been achieved. A goal has been achieved. Bing, it's big, you know. There it is. Trouble in mind. Oh, and that's what trouble's about, man. Trouble is when a guy ain't got no goals. Trouble in mind ain't got nothing to do. Trouble in mind ain't no goals. Trouble in mind ain't no place to go. No chick wants me. I ain't got nothing to do. I'm just sitting here in the doorway slugging down greasy, green, old, rotten, sneaky Pete. Oh, trouble in mind. Trouble, trouble in mind. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. It's there, you see. And there I was beginning to develop this thing, and Heising Modulation. Now, I know this means nothing to you, but millions of hams are listening, and they're saying, yeah, man, yeah. Well, at that same time, there was a girl that I was really hung up on. I don't even remember this girl's name. It was one of those brief, momentary things, you know, where you get hung up on a chick. I remember she had dark hair, and she had sort of pink, light-type skin, and I remember she lived on the north side of town, and I remember I used to ride over there about every second day with my Elgin bicycle like mad through the gloom just to look at her house, you know, that kind of thing. Just to ride past her house once in a while, like, hey, ah, look out! She'd never look out. But once in a great while, I'd see her at the tennis court, that kind of thing. I had a big hang-up on this chick. And at the same time, I had a hang-up on Heising Modulation. Well, one day, I'm in this store, this old junky store that we used to go to. Uh, I'm, I'm down in the Ace Radio Shop. It's a crummy old, lousy radio shop. They have millions of piled-up turntables of old, uh, disreputable types, you know, wound for Bulgarian capitals, special types of winding that only work on six-and-a-half volts or some nutty thing like that, or 18-and-a-third volts, all kinds of crazy equipment. And I came across the, the transformer. It was perfect for my Heising modulation. Well, I had about a dollar. That was about as much as I could go. And old Sam, back at the counter there, at the, at the Ace Radio Shop, is looking me right in the eye, and he says, A buck, are you kidding? Do you realize it's a 300 mil transformer? What are you talking about, Mac? You don't find many of them anymore. That's a 300 mil Ford Darson transformer. And I... There I'm there, confronted with it. Well, that night, I had a date. I had one dollar. This son of a gun wanted two and a half for this transformer. Now, I had a total, probably a total stake at the time, of about three bucks, of which one dollar was to go for a transformer that day, or something else. Maybe I wanted to buy it. Whatever I was going to get was going to be a buck, see. I figured two bucks, well, we'll go down to the Orpheum, me and this chick, and it'll leave us uh, enough to get a hamburger over at Minor and Dunn's. And, uh, well, you know, it'll work out pretty good. I'll maybe squeak by with an extra quarter or two. I had it all figured out. Well, Sam looked me in the eye. I looked Sam in the eye. And right there on that counter in front of us, it was laying right there. Now, this is the curse that all men have had to face all their time. All men I know. Is it going to be a boat or 
<laughs> oh, yes, indeed. I don't think chicks have these kind of decisions to make quite as often as men. They may in the future. But men always have these little things, you know. They do. They have to decide whether or not to be a social animal or a rotten, crummy, selfish animal. Now, usually they, do, they devise it in such a way in their mind to be both. And so the guy will say, well, if I buy this transformer, I will be a happier person to be with. Not only that, I will be, I will be more fulfilled. And then I could certainly be able to fulfill my role with Esmeralda much. But actually, I'm, I'm investing in her, if you look at it in a certain way. If you look at it a certain way, in a certain light, that the best thing I could do for her would be to buy this 300 mil Thor Darson transformer and build up my Heising modulation system, and from there on in it would be Hotsy Totsy. That's, well, that's the way my mind went. So, five minutes later, I am going home with this big transformer under my, oh, that excitement, you know, I had all the other stuff, you know, I was all ready to go. And that afternoon, I'm building and soldering getting this thing going and you know, I got it I got the diagrams out and I'm working down the circuit the circuit values and I, I you know I'm hinching a little bit you know I got a couple of things where it says 0.2 micro microfarad condenser I got a 0.1 you know little things like that all the way down you go free, I'll make it work you know the, the, the resistor that it should have been let's say 1500 ohms I had one that was 2700 ohms uh, you know that's that's close enough for jazz, you know. <laughs> so, well, anyway, it's now about 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, there, thereabouts. And I have built my first modulator. I don't know whether you know the excitement, friends. I, I don't know how I can transmit this to you. Of going on the air for the first time on your transmitter. Now, I'm not talking about CB. This is nothing. This is kid stuff. Come on. None of that junk. And, and by the way, many people today confuse amateurs for CBers. They're totally different animals, completely. There is no parallel between. Uh, a CBer bears about the same relationship to an amateur as a little grandmother riding along the West Side Highway in her 47 Plymouth bears to Sterling Moss. <laughs> it's about the same, isn't it? Roughly, yeah. They ain't at all the same thing. Don't confuse them at all. And so I've got this Heising modulation system all done. I've got a 6L6 tube in the final. i got a dummy load on it. And I'm all set to try it out, test the whole thing out. i got the microphone. i got a single-button carbon mic. Put the gain on, turn it all on. And then I stand back with the mic, and I'm ready to go. And I've got my... I was using to test my modulation system. I have a 2-watt neon bulb which I could see <laughs> was about as close. And, of course, I had a milliammeter. I had an ammeter in the, in the plate and so on. And so she's heating up. Slowly, I apply the plate voltage. I had a variac, and I'm applying the plate voltage to my final. She's now up to 700 volts. That's a lot of voltage on that poor old 6L6. She's a bright, brisk, cherry red, you know. And I said, well, maybe I'll back it down a little bit. I go down a couple of notches, and I'm now I got about 500 volts on the plate, and then I switch in my Heising modulation. And there's one moment, just a moment of pause, when suddenly, without any warning, it goes. I get this fantastic chatter in my transformer. I back it down. I look in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I turn off the switches. Get out the diagram. I'm checking it over here. Check, check, check. Everything checks out. 
Yes, indeed. Let's see here. Well, maybe I had just too much gain on the input there. Maybe she was overloading, motorboating. That's it. She's probably motorboating. So I turn it on again. I stand back and wait. And everything in my, my 6L6s glow, this nice cherry glow. And I turn up the gain a little bit. <coughs> hello, hello. One, two, three, four. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, uh, hello. Ooh, for crying out loud. I back it down a little bit. Hello, hello. By the way, Mr. Heising was doing this to me, in case you don't know it. The man who just passed into the great beyond over in Jersey. Hello, 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 hello. And it was the first time that I had ever encountered one of the major curses of mankind. Downward modulation. Now, that means nothing to your friends. <laughs> Except suffice it to say that when old Shep talks to you here, uh, the, the uh, transmitted signal of WOR goes up. As my voice goes up, the transmitter, the signal goes up. Well, my transmitter was working the opposite. As I would talk into it, it would go down. <laughs> and I'm holding the thing up there. Hello, 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 hello. And now it's getting about 7 o'clock, see. Hello, hello, one, two, three, four. Oh, what a curse. And I could not get... And, and by that time, I just said, well, there must be something wrong. I'm not checking it right, so I'll call CQ. Hello, CQ, hello, CQ, hello, CQ, hello, CQ. And I'm tuning back across. Hello, I'm on 160, in case you're interested in the band. Hello, CQ, hello. And I stand by. And immediately, a guy comes back around on the frequency. Gong! W9QWN, W9QWN. Fantastic signal, W9QWN, W9QWN. This is W9XXX standing by. Do you hear me, old man? Oh, W9XXX, yeah, this is W9QWN here. You're Q5R9 plus here, old man. Handle here is Shep, S-H-E-P, Shep. Handle here is Shep. We're running a single 6L6. About uh, 10 watts, uh, Heising modulation, uh, modulated by a single 10, uh, by a single 6L6 here, and a single button carbon mic. I'm using a 40 meter zip with the harmonic tomorrow. Okay, W9XXX, uh, W9QWN uh, standing by. Kunk. That signal comes back. W9QWN, this is W9XXX here. I recognized him as one of the great famous hams of the area. You know, it's like talking. It's like if you're an aviation nut and all of a sudden you're hooked up with Lindbergh, you know. I mean, you're down at the flying club and you two are discussing flying together, you know. And he comes back to me and he says, mm, uh, What did you say the uh, handle was? I don't remember working you before. I just thought I'd call you. You're messing up the band. Uh, you're you're lousing up the frequency here. It sounds to me like you've got a little downward modulation that I don't think you're final. It, it sounds a little bit like you're a lot of parasitics there. And uh, not only that, it sounds to me just a little bit like your neutralization is way off, man. I just thought I'd call you. I didn't want to get involved in any long rag chew. Uh, you better look into it, old man. And uh, I'm going to QR, QRT now. I think I'll pull a switch and uh, don't bother to come back. You sound rotten. Uh, don't bother. Come back, old man. Uh, it's all right, fellow. Uh, your signal here is about, I'd say, around a Q3, Q2 to 3, about an R2. Well, that meant that he had to turn up everything he had just to hear me. And when he did turn it up to hear me, I was just rotten. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> he just, goom, he's gone. I'm sitting. Icing modulation, eh? Yeah, I turn it on again. I take my neon bulb. This time I put the I put the, the dummy load in. See, I'm not going to radiate all over the band and I get on there. Hello, hello. It keeps flickering downward. It's now 8.30. Quarter to nine. 
My check has been waiting for me since 7. It's at 7 o'clock. When I finally realize, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is, this way lies madness. In this way lies the antisocial animal. And that uh, once you have committed yourself to the antisocial animal forever, you'll be down in some dank basement, surrounded by half-empty ball jars full of nails. The rest of your life will be given over to this insanity, whatever it is. I knew that even then, as an animal. I knew even then that hang-ups can devour you. And so, about quarter to nine, I looked at this thing, I says, oh, Okay. I turned it off. And 15 minutes later, I am picking up this chick. And 10 minutes after that, we are on our way to the Aragon. We are on our way to <laughs> this place where they had these terrible bands and stuff, see? And all the way on up, all I could think of was downward modulation. All I could think of, it was like I had failed as a man. <laughs> I wonder, uh, it's too bad that Tennessee Williams doesn't write plays about the things that really get guys going, that really get guys hung up. I have known guys for two solid years, two solid years to be eaten up inside. I mean eaten up, where they yell at their chicks, they threaten to kill their daughters, they, they, they take a shot at their boss because of one thing, they get rotten gas mileage. They're getting eight miles to the gallon. And it burns them up every time they go into that gas station. You know, they bought this monster, and it takes 14 gallons of gas just to get the town and back. <gasps> it's like it's like Ahab and that and that whale, you know. And so we are on our way to the Aragon Ballroom. Well, have you ever danced with a chick when you got a Heising system of modulation on your mind with downward modulation and also a bad problem with parasitics? All the time I'm hearing parasitics in my mind, and parasitics are awful things. They're like little, uh, well, when you hear parasitics on the air, you know it. It's like a swarm of awful, angry, sort of somehow debauched, erotic locusts. They surround your signal. It's a fuzzy signal. If you could tune past WOR and it sounds like a, like a shaving brush that's been drinking, uh, that would be like my signal was on 160, and I'm bugged. Well, on the way home, after about uh, says, m at least uh, four hours of dancing, it seemed like four hours, went on endlessly, back and forth, we're going. We're on our way home, and she turned to me, and she says, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I said, what, 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 what? I, I, already, you see, I was back in, in, in my shack. You know, I was sitting next to this chick on the Western Avenue car, but I'm already back in the shack, you know, and I've, I've got an idea. I'll tell you what it is. It must be the cathode. It must be my cathode biases. That's it. That's it. I, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, oh boy, I can hardly wait to get home. Hardly wait to get home. I'm going to change that resistor in there. I know what it is. It's really, I know what it is. I know. Oh, oh, what a fool. What a nut. And she says, uh, now, come on. She says, you, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. You're one of the you're one of the worst people that I've ever dated. I said, "What? <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't make passes or anything. I'm a nice guy, you know." I took her out there. She said, "You're one of the worst people I've ever dated." And she says, "Not only that, she says, but I think I think that your mother ought to take you to a doctor. I think you're unhealthy." Unhealthy? It never occurred to me to be having a hang up on a cathode follower circuit or having a hang-up on Heising modulation was somehow a perversion. It was a sickness. I said, well, unhealthy. I don't mean I play football and all that stuff. What do you mean unhealthy? Now I'm getting a little bugged with it. What do you mean unhealthy? Anybody with the kind of skin you got should holler about unhealthy for crying out loud. She says, well, I don't care. She's bugged. Oh, a woman scorned even at the age of 14 is, uh, is hell on wheels. 
That's all I got to say. So I'm saying, well, what do you mean unhealthy? She says, well, I don't think you even talked to me once tonight. I said, what do you mean talk to you? Didn't I buy an orange drink? I bought you knee high. I talked. I said, I asked you if you wanted another one. I remember that. I said, it was fun. I remember telling you it was fun. She said, you did not talk to me once all the time we were at the Aragon. Long pregnant pause. I said, what am I going to talk to you? What Do you know anything about downward modulation? She says, what? I said, well, I've got worries. I'm worried. Can't you tell I'm worried? <laughs> Nothing is worried, more worried than a guy who is building something and it hasn't worked. I can tell you this, it drives you out of your skull. I said, I'm worried. And we rode all the way home on the Western Avenue car in silence. Got to the end of the line, took her home, says goodbye. Just goodbye. That was the end of that. I took off like a big speckled bird. I'll tell you, I didn't think of her. Eight seconds off, I'm ooh, over the privet hedges I'm going, you know. I'm flying all the way home with my wings going, you know. Wow. Woo, up the front porch. Boom, in. Pow, into the front bedroom. Goom, goom, goom. The switches are going out. The old man sitting out in the front room there listening to the A&P gypsies or something, you know. And I got, I got all the switches turned on, everything going, waiting for it to heat up. I got the soldering iron heating up, and I've got the solder out there, and I have got that two micro micro farad condenser which i should have put in in the very beginning in the cathode it hit me halfway through red sails in the sunset what the problem was halfway through i says i what what's the matter with me i got a i got a one-tenth condenser in there it should have been a two at least a two micro micro farad i'm soldering this thing up you know boy i heat this baby out there i got the microphone going dummy load all right let's see putting in a little grid drive there. Now she's, oh boy, she's doing real good. You know, ooh, boop, ah. I tune the final plate. Ooh, what a dip. I'm tuning that final tank. Now, ooh. Advance the gain a little bit. Hello, one, two, oh, what a beautiful sight. What a beautiful sight. My milliameter in the final plate is ticking up ever so slightly. Ding, 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 ding. Up, she's, she's working perfectly. I take my neon bulb. Hello, one, two, three, four. Hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. hello. One, two, three, four. Hello. Beautiful envelope. Magnificent signal. Pow. Out comes the dummy load. In goes my 600-ohm Zep feed. I'm tuning her up on that. Up to the full 10 watts. Hello, 160. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, CQ. Hello, CQ. Look at that meter flicking up in there now. Look at it right behind your head, Skip. Look at that beautiful sight. Hello, hello. Hello, CQ. Hello, CQ. Hello, CQ. Calling CQ. I sat there until I was red in the face calling CQ. This is W9QWN calling CQ and listening. I developed that real snotty way, you know. And listening, come in there, boom. I'd wait. Of course, the band was one solid mass of heterodynes. I could hear nothing. Just whoo, all the big timers are coming in. It's late at night, and then finally, about one o'clock in the morning, I hear this guy calling. Hello, W9QWN, W9QWN. This is W8LFD in Cleveland, Ohio, calling. Hello, 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 W9. Oh, fantastic moment of total joy. You know how the guys who have reached the top of Mount Everest feel? I know that feeling. I know that feeling of standing on the top of a glacier, looking out over the Himalayas. Nothing but achievement 
You can't go anywhere after this. There I sat that night, working guys all over the Midwest with my 10-watt Heising system of modulation. And it wasn't until there was a postscript to this. Years later, I am out of the Army. Years later. Oh, boy, long time afterwards. I am going through a department store. I am home about a week and a half, and I still got my uniform on. And I'm going through a department store in Chicago, and who do I meet but that girl? That same girl. And she's working in one of the big stores. In fact, she was working in Carson, in case you're interested. And there she is. And I couldn't remember the chick's name. And she couldn't remember my name. And she was behind a counter. And we both stood there and I said, say, Hammond High, didn't you go to Hammond High? And she says, yes, of course, you, uh, I remember you. I said, I remember you. Do you remember the... She says, yes, the Aragon. We stood there for a second. And then she finally says, you know, you were kind of a nut. Did your mother ever take you to the doctor or something? See about that? I said, no, no, that, that problem's all cleared up now. It's all cleared up. Little did she know, little did she know that the problem was all cleared up. I was getting upward modulation, upward all the way. Miller High like the bright, clear taste in beer. Miller High like the champagne of bottled beer. There's only one champagne of bottled beer. Sparkling, flavorful, distinctive. Miller High Life. Only in Milwaukee, from a century-old recipe, Miller High Life has a rich heritage and tradition. A bright, clear taste, unequaled, unquestioned, unchanging. Available on tap, in cans, and in the familiar crystal clear bottle. Miller High Life is always sparkling, flavorful, distinctive. Enjoy Miller High Life yourself. Miller High Life, the champagne of bottled beer. Yes, Miller High Life, the champagne of bottled beer. Ah, oh, yes, here it is. Let's see now, things to do today. Wash car, pull crabgrass, fix barbecue, murder wife. Ah, oh, yes, murder wife. How to murder your wife. How did Jack Lemon do it to Verna Lisi and how to murder your wife? <laughs> I've got to see that picture again. Maybe I'll call Phil and ask him if he wants to see it with me. Nah, his wife won't let him out at night. Why don't I take my wife to see it? Hmm. Maybe she'll die laughing. How to murder your wife? A United Artist release in color. Women. Warning. See this picture before he does. The wife you save may be you. Uh, culture marches on. Uh, <laughs> this is now playing at the Victoria and the Cinema One uh, movie houses here in town. Yes, uh, culture moves on. Oh, by the way, speaking of culture, tomorrow night we'll be at the limelight immediately following the ball game. You better get down there because we're going to go all the way, gang. And we'll be on this, your fun station, tomorrow night from the limelight down in Sheridan Square in the village. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, bring Dawn Strickland, if you can, friends. 
And Esther Jane Allberry will be in the crowd too. Tomorrow night at the limelight, where life is rich, life is full, and passion flows like a great, deep, rich river down to the sea of equanimity. Be the first to take a good friend.